The country, the rural areas, the middle of nowhere, the good old BFE. No matter what you call it, there are creepy things coming out from rural areas all across the country. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today we're going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true horror stories from rural areas. And the first horror story is me not really being able to say rural very well, so hopefully that doesn't turn anybody off. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Be sure to hit that like button and subscribe if you're new, and get ready for some creepy and allegedly true rural horror stories that'll creep you out tonight. My name is Faye, and the story I'm about to tell you happened when I was 13. All of the incidents happened to me in the same house as well. I went to live with my dad who had just bought a nice country house in the middle of the woods. I thought it would be a nice place after leaving my mom's house. I used to have a little stepsister and an older brother. The house was great at first. I shared a room with my sister that was right next to our parents' room. My brothers were on the opposite end of the house. The three of us loved exploring the house and the woods around us. We played out there all the time, and it felt like a whole nother world. Waking up in the morning would be like a fairy tale, because our yard would have deer, chipmunks, groundhogs, and many more animals. I loved it, but my fantasy filter I had over this house would soon be exchanged for one of a haunted house. Many things started to happen around the house slowly at first. The sound of stomping through the house would happen every now and then, but our parents thought it was just us. It would happen even when I'd stay home by myself, and there would be no one else around to be able to make this noise. It sounded like someone was walking very angrily. Even still, when I told them, they would say it was most likely an animal in the walls or something. Which to me is still weird, wouldn't you be concerned that something's living in the walls? Another thing that we started to notice was when we would come home, all of our light bulbs would be unscrewed, so they were just barely hanging in the socket, in every single room. This would even happen in the bedrooms. One night later, after we had all left and gone to bed, my father woke up to a banging sound. He got up and was mad to be woken up that late and stormed out of his room to find it. Naturally, he assumed it was us. He stopped outside my sister and I's room and listened. He said it sounded like we were jumping on our beds and making our headboards hit the walls. He opened the door with a fast push and looked in ready to yell at us for being up and messing around. But the sound had stopped right as he did and he saw that we were both fast asleep. Confused, he went to bed. The next night, it happened again and like the first time, we were both passed out. He asked us if we had heard the banging and if it was us, but we had no idea what he was talking about. I genuinely, for the life of me, could not remember any of these noises. Instead of trying to figure out if we were lying, he just removed the headboards and put them in our closet. That weekend, I went to my mom's place and my sister went to her dad's. That night, the banging started up late at night, and he knew we were not home. He went into our room, and the banging didn't stop that time. He followed the sounds to the closet. He put his hand on the door, and right as he slid the door open, it stopped. The thing is, my dad started to believe us about the strange stompings and strange light bulb incidents after this. 
because there was nothing in there. Other small things happened after that night. Cabinet doors opening, lights going off and on and so on. But one of the scariest encounters was one night. I was home with just a friend. My parents were out on a date night and they wouldn't be back for quite some time. It was probably going to be really late when they got back. It was storming like crazy that night and we had been in the living room watching movies and just hanging out. The power started to go in and out, as well as strange sewage smells and rotten eggs. It didn't bother us at first because it was storming, and we just assumed, well, maybe the sewer drains were flooding. It wasn't until the power would go out for longer than a flash this time. It stayed out for quite some time. We looked at one another and looked, but the sound of whistling stopped us. My friend then asked if our brother was here. I, I told her no, it was just us. The whistling was masculine sounding, and it was creepy. It was this tune that just sounded wrong. It was coming down the hall from by my room. That's at the end of the hall. We did not want to get up, and I told her about all of the other things that had happened before. With the power going out and the storm giving us the only flashes of light we would see, we were, we were too scared. We jumped up 10 feet when the whistling was still happening, but now it sounded like it was coming toward us, stomping down the hall, getting closer and louder. We saw a huge black shadow charge out from the hall, but dissipated as it got closer to us. We were screaming and sobbing, thinking something or someone was going to get us, half expecting something to slam into us. The lights finally came back on, and we were holding on to each other on the couch, shaking. I'm sure it was probably only about a minute or two but it felt like hours. We decided to go hide in my brother's room on the opposite side of the house as far from my room as possible. We waited there until someone got home. We stayed in my brother's room that night on the floor, as I was not brave enough to go sleep in my room. I ended up moving back in with my mom shortly after as I just did not feel safe in that house, and luckily my dad moved out a few months later after some more occurrences. I'm not even sure what it was or why it all happened, but... That little house in the middle of nowhere, I'll never forget. Hello, Swamp Dweller. This is the first story I've ever written for anyone, but not the only one I have. This is, however, the one that sticks out to me because it happened during a transitional part of my life. I was out of college for spring break, I was trying to distance myself from my abusive family dynamic while still being forced by a financial hardship to live with them and dealing with the aftermath of an abusive relationship as well. So, as you might imagine, I did need an outlet for stress and I found the perfect solution in taking long nature walks around our five-acre property. My family owned land in an extremely rural part of West Virginia and had done so for three generations going back to the late 1800s. It had one main trail which led deep into the forest, up toward the top of the hill before heading down back, and then eventually ended on the other side of our property. The trees that day were laden with tender green buds. The spring air was as crisp as the first bite of a fresh apple, and the sun hung low in the sky. It had been a long, miserable day stuck inside thus far, and upon looking out the sliding glass door, that gave a beautiful view of the woods, I was seething. I had decided at that point I had enough of my father's constant shouting for the day and left the house with only th my MP3 player, my earbuds, and a little coal of anger burning away inside of me to keep the nippy air at bay. 
The trip was beautiful. As always, the dogwoods were close to blooming, the pines towering over me like tall, watchful guardians, and I soon found myself at peace again. I passed all the familiar landmarks I knew by heart, the branching of the trail leading to my grandfather's home, then the quiet, lonely fish pond. Next was the hunting cabin at the start of the steepest section of the path, and then up, up, up to the crest of the hill and the clearing. The clearing was where I usually stopped. The remains of a small hut my father's father had built were still there, and then a few trees further were a deer stand my dad had allowed our neighbor to build and use, which I often climbed to read, have a snack on, or simply enjoy the view. Not so this time, however. I was feeling too full of energy to stop now. I chose to trek through the clearing and onward to the section of the path where it became steep, narrow, sticky with mud, and precariously rocky. On I went for a while, one earbud in with a Disney playlist blasting when I saw something strange. I didn't believe it to be strange at first, I guess. It was just a dog that had squirmed through the thick brush onto the path, and I assumed it was a hunting dog. People would sometimes lose their hunting dogs and pay a reward if they were returned. This is what I was hoping when I began to follow it. I called and whistled, but it ignored me as it stubbornly ran off into the trees. After that point, I simply became curious, and my curiosity wouldn't allow me to stop following the dog until it took off deeper into the woods, never to be seen again, or lead me to whatever mysterious destination it was dedicated to reach. I'll pause here to say yes, I did know this wasn't the smartest thing to do and I would never have done it under any other circumstance, and that was exactly what was so strange. I felt compelled to follow this dog deeper and deeper into the forest farther along the trail than I ever intended to upon first setting out, and I can't entirely explain to you why to this day. I followed it, entranced, for what felt like an age. I knew it was growing later and I acknowledged it, and yet I could not turn back. Then finally, as I was doing this struggle to convince myself to go back, I saw the dog trot off the path. I picked up a jog to make sure I didn't lose it in the underbrush, and I both succeeded and failed in that endeavor. I succeeded because I didn't lose sight of him, but watched him duck into the bushes nearby. I was ready to leave the path to follow this dog all over hell and creation if I had to, but I almost failed to notice that it didn't exit the bushes. I could clearly see all around, and the area was too steep for it to lay down. I stood there puzzled for even just a second and took out my earbud to see if I could hear it. This is when I saw the man appear. I think he rose out of the bushes, but all I can remember is blinking and suddenly seeing a man in full camouflage gear, clear as day standing there. I was oddly unafraid of the stranger. I didn't recognize, but something, something made no sense at all. My dad would let people hunt on our land all the time, and I knew all of our neighbors for 10 miles in all directions. This was no one I recognized, and I somehow felt comfortable enough to speak up. I obviously can't remember exactly what I said, but it was something along the lines of, Oh, hey, didn't see you there. I found your dog. Before I could say anything else, he walked off. He didn't acknowledge that I had spoken at all. He was seemingly deaf as his dog, and equally blind to my presence. He took a few steps and then completely disappeared behind a tree. I stood there stunned and watched as a deer stepped out from the other side of the tree and bound away deep into the forest. The spell seemed to break in an instant. The unnerving calm was gone and in its place was something of outright terror. 
It was like the sense that I had witnessed something wrong, something I shouldn't have seen, something no one should see, and that if I stayed where I was, I would be in the worst kind of danger. I clambered back onto the path and made a mad dash back the way I came. I took shortcuts I knew, cutting through brambles and being cut in return. And finally, finally breaking free of the woods, I sprinted back home, slammed the door shut, and thanked my luck that I made it out before dark. After that, I refused to ever walk that trail again. Not one chance, and I never will, and I never have. The property was sold after my father died, and I was sad, yet relieved to get rid of it. Nearly a decade later, and more than five hours away from the old family homestead, I still ponder over what I had encountered, and shiver at what might have happened if I hadn't made it home before sunset that day. Hi Swamp Dweller, I love your channel. I started listening to you a couple of months ago and have watched and listened to almost everything. It was only whilst listening to an episode of Stories from a Cryptid Hunter that I realized I have had a cryptid encounter myself. Now this is not a story by any means, so I do apologize to you and your listeners in advance, but I had to get this out there, because after hearing that episode, the goosebumps I got, the wave of excitement at the prospect of an undocumented creature, and that I witnessed it with my own eyes, just was overwhelming. Just to know that there is something that amazing out there, and if they are out there, I wonder what else is. Anyways, to start off, I live in a rural area on the northwest coast of Ireland, which is going to be a very strange place for a cryptid encounter, I believe. As from what I remember, the story on your channel is that these creatures preferred the western regions of America, but I do believe it is what I saw that day, and I believe that they are linked. I am a male. I am 32 years old and this happened to me when I was roughly 11, and I have never spoke of it to anybody, because to be honest, I was a kid and I just thought it was my imagination running wild, and I knew nobody would believe me. That was until I heard about it on your channel. I grew up on a small housing estate, on a little hill surrounded by miles upon miles of mountains, forest trees and bog land, in a very rural part of Ireland. It's in the biggest national park in our country. We lived across from a church with a little forest of trees surrounding its grounds, and to the left of it was a community center, and down the hill to the left of us, about a two-minute walk away, was a small shop and pub. The only shop within 20 miles, which is no longer even there. On this day, in particular, my mother asked me to go to the shop, which was not unusual. She did this maybe five or six times a day, as I am the oldest of my siblings. Nothing felt off that day or anything. There was a slight breeze in the air and it was a bit cold from what I remember. So I'm thinking it was late summer, early autumn as the leaves were still on the trees. Anyway, I was on my way back up from the shop just as I started to reach the footpath of the estate, which my house was just four driveways away from me at this point. I was looking down as I was making sure I had my mom's change and glanced up quickly and then back down again. When I glanced up, I noticed something. You know when you get that glimpse of something in your peripheral vision? Well, I quickly looked up again and honestly, I was in shock to what my eyes were seeing. At the very corner of the churchyard, which is about just across the road from the gable side of the last house of the estate, which was about 100 to 150 yards away from me, I saw this gigantic condor vulture looking bird or creature. Unfortunately, I could not see its entire body, but I did see most of its side. 
including the left side of its breast, its left wing, its long featherless neck, and its massive curved bill. I should add that I have been into birds and animals my entire life and used to make my own bird books as a child as I didn't have many friends and got bullied quite a lot. So birds and animals were my way of escape and I can name any bird I see. But what I saw that day, I am not joking, was like no bird I had ever seen and have not again seen one to this day. Also, we don't have anything remotely like this bird in Ireland. It was easily 12 to 15 feet and its wingspan was enormous, although I did see its left wing flapping as the other was blocked by the tree line. When I saw it, I froze on the spot and dropped my shopping bag. I was in total disbelief at what I was seeing. Right until it looked at me with its huge eye, it had extended its neck out to the left and it turned its head to look at me. And when it did, I swear I almost pissed my pants right then and there. This bird was so huge and it seemingly noticed me. At that moment, I was sure it was going to fly over and carry me away. But thankfully, after it looked at me with a glare, I swear, its wings flapped so hard to back out from the trees. It was like gale force winds were being sent down into the branches. It shook almost everything, every tree, every animal. I can still feel the force of the wind that day that hit my face. It turned around and flew behind the trees towards the mountain to the northwest, and I never saw it again. As I said near the beginning, I never told anybody because I didn't really know if these things existed and I didn't want to be called crazy. Until I listened to that episode on your channel about Thunderbirds. I have always been a skeptic even though I have had a few strange occurrences happen to me over the years, which I will share with you in the future if you would like. I always believe there can be a logical explanation for the strange happenings and that I am just not smart enough to figure them out sometimes. So I chalk this off as imagination. But honestly, I know what I saw and felt that day was real, and now thanks to your channel, I fully believe I encountered a Thunderbird. This story happened sometime in the mid-1980s when my mom was a teenager in high school. My mother and my aunt grew up in a farm in central Florida that was relatively in the middle of nowhere at the time. We still live in this area, and it's more urbanized now, but back then, it was mostly woods and farmland. My great-aunt, uncle, and our cousins lived on the same property in another house, however, so they weren't entirely alone. But outside of that, you'd have to drive a couple of miles to go and even see another neighbor. My grandfather coached for the local high school football team, and my mother and aunt were cheerleaders. So on Fridays, he would have to coach at the school's game and my mom and aunt would be there to cheerlead. The rest of the family would usually come along as well, since my cousins went to the school too, and there wasn't really anything else to do in that small town on a Friday night. They could usually get to the game earlier than everyone else considering that he was a coach. One Friday, however, my mother started feeling very sick throughout the day, and by the time the evening rolled around, she felt horrible. She informed my grandfather that she wasn't feeling up to going to the thing and that she would be better staying at home to rest. My grandmother made her something to eat for dinner and after that the whole family, including my great aunt and great uncle, went on their way. She was alone entirely on the property. For some context, we eventually ended up selling this property when I was a young child so I don't have a ton of memories about my grandparents' property. One thing I can remember was that it was very creepy at nighttime, and that was with other people there. 
So imagine being alone at night. It must have been more frightening. Anyways, my mom went to lay down right after they left. But not long after, maybe 5 or 10 minutes, she realized she needed to call her cheerleading coach at school to let her know that she wasn't going to be there tonight so that she could be prepared for her absence. Keep in mind this was in the mid-1980s, so there were no cell phones. My mom must walk all the way up to the kitchen to use the phone. As she is walking through the house, she starts to feel a bit creeped out, like that classic feeling of something not being right, that instinctual feeling you get when something is just telling us that we're in potentially a bad situation and may not even know it yet. Outside, it is getting dark out, and there are not many lights on in the house, which may contribute to this uneasy feeling. Very important detail, the phone in my grandparents' house had a longer cord than most phones at the time. She says that you could walk into other rooms and the cord was long enough that the phone could be brought out to the kitchen to the neighboring rooms, which are the living room, the hallway, and my grandparents' bedroom. In the hallway by the kitchen and by my grandparents' bedroom, my grandfather kept a shotgun on the wall, fully loaded and ready to go. Not the safest thing, I guess, but when you live alone in the woods, I guess you want to be ready to defend yourself. He had always told my mom and aunt, do not touch that shotgun unless your life is in danger. She took this very seriously and had never even thought about touching the gun. By this point, she was in the kitchen. She dialed the number to call her coach and informed her about her illness. I believe they continued talking for a few minutes because she says that the coach was still on the phone when my mom heard a strange noise coming from my grandparents' room. My mother, very frightened, told the coach she heard something and grabbed the shotgun off the wall phone still pressed to her ear. She wasn't sure if she was overreacting and had imagined something, but she opened the door to my grandparents' room and what she saw made her drop the phone right on the floor in shock. The window was completely open and there was a large man with one leg over the windowsill and one leg still outside. What was so awkward about this is she basically stopped in the middle of him coming in and he realized that he had been caught by her as if he was not expecting someone to be home or that he simply did not expect her to have heard him coming in. They just stared at each other for about five seconds, him just halfway in the room, her just standing there in the doorway, phone on the floor, with my mom's coach still on the line asking if she was okay, shotgun in hand staring at each other, both almost unsure of what to do. My mom, terribly frightened, finally mustered up the will to speak in a very shy and very afraid voice and said, I, I have a gun, turn around and leave or I'll shoot. The man just stood there. She said it as if he was wondering whether she was bluffing or not. Finally, after what seemed like hours of just staring, he suddenly swung his other leg in very fast and turned quickly like he was about to charge her. My mother, terrified, with her hands shaking, fired the shotgun and hit him in the shoulder. The impact was enough to knock him down to the floor and send her back as well. It sent the man directly out the window he had come in. Blood was everywhere around the window. She picked up the phone, now sobbing, telling her coach to call the police for her. When she looked back, she saw the man running, clutching his shoulder, bleeding out all over their yard, running back to the woods behind their property. Keep in mind, he had just been shot in the shoulder with a shotgun. It's not like a handgun or something. This dude had basically just immediately gotten up like it was nothing and started hauling ass off into the woods. I don't know the exact order of what happened next, but the police eventually did get there. My grandparents hurried home sometime shortly after, and, police, and the police were still there. I think what was most weird about this story was that there was a trail of blood that the guy had left as he was fleeing the property that went out into the woods. The police investigated and found that it continued for some ways into the forest and eventually just stopped. There was no body or anything, like, the blood just stopped. 
and they never caught up with the guy. I think it's bizarre that she shot him in the upper torso with a shotgun, and around the window in the room looked like the scene of a horror movie. There was so much blood. How he got away, apparently alive, and so quickly without the cops catching up to him is absolutely odd to me. Years ago now, back when I was about eight or nine, my folks and I lived in this huge, weird old house that was on the edge of this small town in rural Pennsylvania. The local school districts also happened to be in the middle of this big restructuring. So even though me and my little brother were only a couple of grades apart, I went to a different school and took a different bus. This meant I was the last person to leave the house every morning, but also the first person to get home every afternoon since my school was much closer than his. But this also meant that it was my job to make sure all the lights were off and all the doors were locked when I left every single morning to head off for school. So, this one morning, I caught on to the fact that the light in the basement was on, and it was never on, and the door was open too. So, before I left, I saw to it that the light was off and the door was locked. Then later, when I got home that afternoon, I saw that once again the light was on and the door was again open. I remember thinking that I was losing my mind or something, and that I totally just imagined locking up. I mean, I was tired most mornings after staying up late playing Overwatch, so it wasn't out of the question that I had just forgotten to do it. So, I went over to turn the light off and close the door. But when I got to the top of the staircase, I looked down to see that there was a big shadowy male figure standing at the bottom. I just wig out, slam the door, and push a cabinet against it, then bolt outside for months, I didn't tell my family because I was positive what I had seen was a ghost, and didn't think anyone would believe me. A little explanation. It was Halloween time, I was young and dumb, and I did believe a lot of the paranormal stuff. Then about six months after that weird little incident, my mom and dad realized that things had been going missing around the house for some time. They blamed me and my brother at first, but after we insisted we were innocent, we all walked around the place with flashlights trying to figure out how anyone might have gotten inside without breaking in. Turns out, the thing I had seen in the basement was an actual person, and he had been climbing in through the small hole on the outside of the house, working his way in through the crawl space, then coming up into the house to the basement. Recognizing I had been home alone in the house with him on at least one occasion was one of the worst, most terrifying realizations I have ever had in my life. I don't really believe in ghosts anymore but I do believe in the boogeyman. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true rural horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. The stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you enjoyed this episode and you like these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that really helps us grow. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or Spotify, don't forget to give us a 5-star rating over there as it helps us grow over there. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Subscribe and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day on all things natural and supernatural. 
if you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you'd like to support the Swamp outside of all of that, maybe check out the merch store. We have t-shirts, hoodies, face masks, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story tonight was your favorite. It really helps me pick better stories in the future for you guys. Thank you guys, as always, for supporting the Swamp the way you do. I couldn't do this without you. Don't forget to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.